Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back in, everybody, to episode 13 now of the Strictly NFL Podcast. Back again with my co-host, Jeff, at FrankBear119 on Twitter, co-founder of the Hot Hand Theory, all that stuff. You guys know all that. Uh, partner on the Down sometimes when people can't make it and I have to fill in. Um, but we got another fantastic episode today. Um, not talking a lot of fantastic stuff about New York because another horrible weekend. But before we dive into the thick things, the Strickland does have a Patreon. So you can find them at um, the Strickland. And you got a $3 tier, $6 tier, $9 tier. The full episode of this podcast is going to be behind that $9 tier with the Strickland Roll podcast uh, with Shwini Poo, uh, excuse me, Shwini Poo and Prez. Uh, then you get Schwinn Solo Pod. And you also get Takes from Obvious Bozos with Zach and Doug. You also get access to our Discord and exclusive post game articles for the Knicks from. Guys like Mike and Miranda, and from the guy right uh, over here with me, Jeff Rasmussen. So, um, you can hit us up over there on Patreon. We also have a YouTube and an Instagram at the Strict.land on Instagram and the Strickland on YouTube. Then, just to cap things off, we use Bet Online for any bet referenced here, as Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs, and it's where you can get your latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for every major sport. Obviously, now basketball, football, all in season, college sports as well. So, it's the easiest way for you to place your wagers, including live betting, and you can even play your favorite casino and card games right there from your phone. Head over to the website or use a mobile device to sign up. Use the promo code BLEAV, capital B L E A V, for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Oof, Jeff, uh, let's start with your thoughts on the Jets. Is there much to say? So about that Giants game, um, <laughs> my, th- my thoughts on the Jets are that was an embarrassing performance. Um, I said last week, Zach Wilson's basically reached. He's a way worse player than Julius Randle is, but I'm the discourse around him has reached Julius Randle levels of pointlessness and stupid stupidity. It's just talking the same thing week after week. How much is his fault? How much is what's around him's fault? I don't really have much interest in what happened on the field. I think the only player I can really say anything positive about is Quinn and Williams. Um, trying to think of anybody else who even showed up. Nobody on the back line. Um, yeah, I. it just – I don't think anybody played well. Um, Quincy Williams had a good game. I guess yeah. he, he it seemed like he had that one play where he like bolted through the uh, the backfield to get a tackle for a loss on a run play. That was really impressive. Um, but as always with the Jets, it's I mean what was on the field stunk, and but somehow I'm going to end up talking about what happened off the field because that was embarrassing by Robert Sala to just throw his guy under the bus. Like, and you know people say like, oh. You know, he's been in Zach's corner long, way longer than he should, and maybe that's true, but 
he also was a part of the team that hired Nathaniel Hackett. So can't I can't say he's fully behind Robert Sala because Hackett's a joke. Um, another just terrible, terrible game plan. Just can't say he's fully behind Zach Wilson is what you meant, right? Or, right. I mean, if he I well, excuse me. He thought that bringing in Hackett was good for Zach Wilson. What I'm saying is he's not fully helping Zach Wilson by bringing in just a total joke of a coach. Yeah. Who any anybody could have done what Hackett was going to do for Aaron Rodgers. Like bring in Rodgers' friend to just let Rodgers improvise the offense and do whatever he wanted and stand in the pocket and have great arm talent. Anybody could have done that. You need a guy who, if something happened to Rodgers, was going to be able to adjust. And they literally have an entire season of Hackett in Denver showing an unwillingness to adjust and just saying, you're going to figure out how to play my way. or And it failing miserably. He, has, he is one of the least successful head coaches ever. And they were like, I, I don't... What... What equivalent is there to this? Does Bank of America, when they're hiring new employees, be like, hey, let's check out the people Wells Fargo fired? Like, no, they, they bring in new people. Why is coaching this way? Why does it seem like everybody is just recycling these, this pool of failures? Um, I don't I'll never understand it. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, like, it, yeah, I, I can't even imagine being a Jets fan. Sucks. Like, because... I would want to know for sure that Zach Wilson's terrible. And he probably is terrible, but I don't know. I was watching that Chiefs game again today. And why for one game was Hackett able to figure out that Zach Wilson needs to be able to let the, – the Jets offense needs to leverage the run game and needs to get him outside the pocket and needs to create easier throwing lanes. Why the second that worked – was it just like, all right, back to the usual, back to the status quo. We're just going to have you stand in shotgun, stand flat-footed in the pocket. I mean, look at the difference between the Texans and the, and the Panthers' offense. Do Did I think C.J. Stroud was a better prospect than Bryce Young? Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought it was a terrible pick by the Panthers. I said it as early as last December. I thought C.J. Stroud was a much better prospect. I think, I think being taller matters. I think Stroud has more arm talent, especially at the second and third levels. I think he's already, you know, an above average, arguably top 10 quarterback in the league. But the Panthers are doing to Bryce Young what the Jets did to Zach Wilson. All Bryce Young does is stand there. They never get him moving outside the pocket. He's never, he's like, he's a six foot tall quarterback. And they're already basically treating him like he's Tom Brady. Just, yeah, just stand there. He doesn't have a good offensive line. Meanwhile, CJ Stroud, a taller quarterback with more arm talent. All they do is leverage the run. All they do is run play action and get him rolling to his right and and have guys running crossers. That's not the full reason that Stroud's been better than Bryce Young, but it's helped him. They're elevating their talent. And the Panthers, and to bring it back to the Jets, the Jets have done Zach Wilson zero favors. Um, So, no, it's just really hard week in and week out to get on any particular player, even, you know, Garrett Wilson, like, Okay, he had a catch. How much of that is his fault? I don't know. Let's let's watch the let's watch the all twenty two footage. You know, like how how much is actually Garrett Wilson's fault? We don't know. Are the are the the routes they're asking him to run, the play designs, are they interesting at all? Does Zach Wilson have time? Does Zach Wilson have a way to get him the ball? I don't see it. So to me, it starts with Nathaniel Hackett 
And it starts with a head coach who thought bringing in Nathaniel Hackett was good. Um, I don't know. Salah, I think it, I think his time has come. I think it's I think it's over for him because this is the second straight year. Cool, he can coach a defense, but they have a hell. They have so much defensive talent. I don't think he's the only guy who can coach this defense. And I would want somebody who has a bit more of a clue in terms of bringing in a coordinator to elevate the offense. And I get it. I get that they're all just like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. If I was a Jets fan, I would be very, very worried if this coaching staff was here again next season. Yeah, I mean, the the key question, I guess, for a Jets fan right now is like, if this if the Jets don't end up, you know, winning many more games from here, if they stay at uh, what is it five? They're five and six right now, correct? Four and six. Four, four and six. So if they end the season, let's say seven and ten, and they're within striking range to trade up for a quarterback, do you give that conversation credence now? Because we know we 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 knew Hackett was dumb and couldn't call offense. Now it's been confirmed. Rodgers is going to be 40 off of an Achilles tear. Like, when you get into that conversation, too, then you're like, okay, well, if we're going to be looking at a quarterback, has this front office run its course? Has this staff run its course? Which, to me, I think I think Salah and a lot of his postgame pressers feels that pressure. pressure sorry. And you could tell from those answers, you know, he, he, he talked about embarrassing quarterbacks. Pretty crazy thing for a head coach to come out and say, in my opinion, just to disregard, you know, four other teams. Um, that's more of a coordinator quote. And you see guys in the locker room, right? Like Sauce is posting tweets on on X about how he didn't actually get burnt on that killer secure play, and it was like a zone, and he and something happened here, and that's why he beat him. Like, dude. At this point, nobody gives a fuck if you get burnt, man. Nobody gives a fuck if it's you or if it's Adrian Amos or if it's DJ Reed or if it's MC2. Like, they just want to win a football game. It's not, you know, we know that you're Sauce Gardner, bro. We know you're untouchable. We know you're a top three DB. Which, by the way, getting burnt by Shakir on that 80-yard touchdown and holding Diggs in the end zone. Come on, play up to your standard if you if you actually want to win a game like that. Don't go, don't go running on Twitter after and, you know, trying to be sticking up for yourself. Like, he's done this before where he's posted plays. And, you know, it's just that, to me, falls on the coach. These guys tweet a lot of shit um, when they're not winning. They were picking fights when Deion Dawkins was making a regular block on Michael Clemens. Michael Clemens just gets butt hurt, hip tosses him, gets a flag. Like, wh- who is the, the adult in the room with this team? Because it's not the captains. Sauce Gardner's captain. He's not an adult goes on Twitter and cries after the games. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline. He's, he can't do much about it, so I'm not going to, you know, really pick at him. But, like, Garrett Wilson, I think for the most part he's done a good job with the media, but his body language in the game is horrible. So maybe maybe the Jets fan wants to stick around with Joe Douglas. I wouldn't blame him because I think largely ignoring – this pick on Will McDonald, which he's been whatever. I mean, he's still a developmental guy, even though it took him the first round. I think Joe Douglas's process has been okay. I think it's okay enough to kind of turn a blind eye to him for another season. Um, but Salah 
there's there's there hasn't been a semblance of offense here for how 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 long is it now? Three years, four years, Jeff? I mean guys foot feet need to be put to the fire. I think it's Salah, unfortunately. Um I think if Salah goes, the likelihood Joe goes is also, you know, a little bit higher, but I would say for the most part I think Joe is more or less safe. Safer than Salah, I, I think is the best way to put it. And um even guys like Xavier Gibson and Jeremy Ruckert, before the game, Ian Rappaport tweeted that morning, you know, the Jets are going to go for a lot more youth. They're going to go with Gibson pretty much the whole game, Ruckert for way more time. And sure, Gibson played his, his season high in snaps. Ruckert played just about, he tied a season high, and he had four targets, which was great, most he's ever gotten. But they still weren't featured players, really. Like, you had four targets. They weren't targets where you were like, oh, okay, they, they really tr- made an emphasis to get the ball to Rucker right here. It was just, you know, he, he was open, and he was part of the progression, which, I don't know, I'm not going to applaud you for that. He's your best tight end. This should be happening every week. So There's no way to, in this current system, there's no way to, to toss the ball around. Again, go watch that Chiefs game. They were, they were you know, Rucker back shoulder, Lazard in the end zone. They were getting the ball to everybody because Wilson had time. There's no, there was a play. There was a play where uh, Zach Wilson was in shotgun, and uh, the Bills sent a linebacker blitz up the middle that Dalvin Cook was supposed to pick up, and Dalvin Cook just watched it. And so Zach Wilson got the ball, and within under a second of getting the ball, that linebacker was in his face. And it, there's nothing anybody can do. Um. And I don't. I, I think it's totally different than what Jones and J- Jones was dealing with in New York. <laughs> They're both in New York for the Giants. <laughs> um, because I don't think I, I think we've we've we have enough we have enough of a sample size now, especially going back to last year, that we know that Dable can scheme. And he can leverage. They, they can. They can. You know, balance run with pass, or even go pass heavy, and figure out a way to let their quarterback go through the progressions. I promise you, if Devito can have uh, can look like he did on Sunday, even against a porous pass defense in Washington, they have a great. They have a great. Uh, well, I guess I guess it's not as great because they traded uh, Sweat and Young, but they st- Washington was still getting after it. How many times did they sack Devito on Sunday? Nine. Nine. Yeah, nine. yeah, nine sacks. But despite those nine sacks, there were plenty of plays where Devito was going through the progressions and he was able to move the ball around. This is different. This is this isn't the Jets' offensive line, which is also bad, like the Giants' offensive line. This is the the Jets coordinator not giving the line or the quarterback a chance, just with these predictable play calls, keeping him keeping him stagnant, keeping him in the pocket. There's nothing being done to elevate any of these players. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just no, R- Ruckert and Xavier Gibson, I love that they played, but there's no way to give them the ball because they're not the first option very often. And it's impossible for Zach Wilson to get to option two or three because he's under pressure and insane percentage of the time. Not wrong. Not wrong. And going off of kind of what you said with the Giants, right? I'm just going to marry the two topics because who, who really cares anymore? But that game that DeVito played and how Dayball and Kafka and et cetera were able to get him to produce is the prime example why we were on here and you were like, if you're a Giants fan who is questioning Brian Dayball, like, just stop. 
Just stop. It, UDFA quarterback, third game, I believe second start. I try, if, if it's different, I've erased those games from my mind. So sorry if I got that wrong. But um, he got him to throw 250 and three, make multiple plays downfield. We utilized Daniel Bellinger in ways we used him last season that really got me going, right? Like play action, leaking out, um, get him going off the sideline just on, on kind of delayed wheels, stuff like that. Um, or drag wheel is just, you know, what I should be calling it. It's the real term for it. Slayton in the open field, man. Multiple third downs, multiple big places, Slayton. Saquon in the past game, like there is nothing like that in this Jets offense. Every Brees Hall route, uh, flat, check and release, you know, maybe you get a Texas route in there. It doesn't get thrown to him, but like it's, it's ugly football, man. And there's, there's no substance where you have play calling for the giants that stacks on top of each other. There's no play calling substance over here. Like you're calling inside zone. What are you calling it for? The jets don't know. Nate Hackett doesn't know. So it's, Really bad, and you're at the point where if you fire, if you fire Hackett, right, which may or may not happen because Rogers might put in a boss call. We'll see, but then you're going three O seasons in two seasons, or I guess three O C's over three seasons. But really, you had that Lafleur firing, and you had um I forgot what's his name stepped up to be the interim. But so so I guess four and three seasons then is what you would be at for for OCs, which it's not where you want to be, man. You've already flushed number two pick down the drain, and you and you flushed the year of Rodgers down. Obviously, he got hurt, but you're gonna fire Hackett to bring in a guy who Rodgers has to learn this new system from again. It's it's messy, man. There's no good coming from this. Yeah, and again, it just stinks because I mean Rodgers seems pretty dead set on playing next year, and so there's a lot of pressure on everybody for that to work because if it doesn't work, they just can't have another season like this. They're you. I mean, you asked the question, do they look at a quarterback? I don't think they will. And I don't think they should um, in the draft. I just think that there are other areas of concern and I don't think they'll have a chance at um, one of the big two. Um, Caleb no Williams or Drake May, yeah. even through a trade. So I don't know. There, there are going to be guys available though, um, and I do think that there are certain young quarterbacks who will become available who teams should be interested in. Um, honestly, my, I think my number one who I expect to become available is Justin Fields. Um, yeah, agreed. I think he's a great buy low candidate. I think. I think he. I just think there are very clear examples of quarterbacks who you can see like, okay, this is a guy who's being done wrong by his system and what's going on. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is a lock to be a star, but I do think that there is still the potential there. Whereas, you know, maybe what Matt Canada is doing in Pittsburgh is bad. I assume it is because he is reviled in Pittsburgh, but Kenny Pickett is terrible. (laughs) There's, that him and Justin Fields are exact opposite or polar opposites. Um, and it's not like they have a, it's not like they have no talent in Pittsburgh Pickens and Deontay Johnson 
are a good duo of receivers, and it's ridiculous that they can't do anything. I know Fryermuth's been hurt. He's a good tight end. They don't have they don't have the porous offensive line that the Jets and the Giants and you know other other teams with uh, young quarterbacks struggling do. The Panthers do. No, they actually so, have a stud at left tackle. Broderick Jones, uh, freaking alien. But go ahead. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, I just think that if I was the Jets, maybe that's where I'd look. You know, sign. I, I'm. Who knows if Fields is immediately going to be ready to be a backup? Maybe not. I, I maybe somebody will give him starter money. I don't know. I I don't know how many. I mean, how many teams next year are going to be in the market for a free agent quarterback? It's actually really interesting to think about when you look around the league. I feel like there are teams that have the starter they know they're going to have, and then teams that are going to look to the draft. One of the only few teams I can think of who might look to free agency again is the Raiders because they won't be able to get a quarterback in the draft that they that they want to start right away, or they likely won't be able to. And I doubt they want to go into next season with Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo. So I mean, there, there's a there's a Fields destination that where where Fields could look to start. Man, I think Fields like would honestly go for a ton on the market. Like, I I think he gets you a first plus. Honestly, um, I, that's not based on anything real. You know, like it's not based on well, I don't know what just happened with Trey Lance or something. But he's been really good this year. Um, maybe really good is is too loose, but he's improved a lot, and I think he has more throws this year. Where you're like, oh damn, that's a that's a really nice throw. Like you know, that's a top level quarterback throw. He had one this weekend to DJ Moore, and yeah, a lot of them are to DJ Moore because he's fantastic. But stepping up in the pocket, just throws a laser down the middle, threads it in between safety and the and the in the corner for a touchdown. Like that stuff is is legit, man. So. Do they move off from Fields? Like, like I'm 99% sure they will, and they'll just take Caleb. You know, you get to reset the clock and all that stuff. But Fields should be going, if not for a first, man. Like, you got to get, like, a second and a four or something like that. You can't get more for Leah Williams than you got for DJ Moore. You know what I'm talking about? So, <laughs> it, just, get, just get a little light pat on the back for my guy, Joe Shane, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I was wanting to look at the contract situation for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm pulling it up right now, so give me one second. So Jimmy is going to be on the books until 2024 at the minimum because they could cut him after 2024 for $60 million cap saving. But before that, so for next season, they could cut him and they will – gain 200,000 in cap space. So it's not worth it. Rather just have him as a backup. And then they also have void years in 2026 and 2027. So that deal is pretty horrible. Um, And then just like you said, looking at the landscape of things, like I could see the Vikings potentially letting Kirk Cousins walk if Josh Dobbs keeps playing at a high level. And then where does Kirk go? I don't know. But I think Kirk, you know, even though he's coming off the Achilles, I think he'd get still maybe like a three-year deal or something like that because he's been playing at a high level like he is ironically not in the Kirk Cousins tier of quarterbacks which is funny to think about because like people people say like oh 
you never seen those um there's a guy who does quarterback tiers and then he's like yeah there's like funny names for each tier yes yes yeah and and it'll be like uh referencing like Jared Goff and it'll be like Kirk Cousins but in a Lions jersey or some shit like that and Kirk Cousins is like better than all those guys bro like they had uh he had one with like long hair QBs who are as good as Kirk Cousins and it was like Kenny Pickett and like different guys like that and like bro, Kirk Cousins blows all those guys out of the water like he can he can pass for 40 touchdowns in a season if if he really has the personnel to do so so I mean, it's not point 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 being, man. It's not looking good for the Jets, and who knows where they turn from here. So we'll we'll leave it over there with them, and then we'll move on. Um, the Giants, hilarious team. I can't believe these guys won the game. I mean, you have to. You're you're smiling, but you're furious, right? Like there's there's no way Giants fans are happy. I. It's just funny as hell, man. Like, of course, of course, we beat the Commanders, man. Of course we beat them. Of course, like, six turnovers. First of all, we, we, we had six turnovers. We only scored 31 points. That's ridiculous. And That is, that is so bad. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, and one of them was a pick six, so really the offense scored 24 points on five turnovers. So... Do with that what you will. That that right there, Jeff, is why I said last week I would be surprised if we win a game the rest of the season. Because we got production out of Tommy DeVito. Saquon had a fantastic game. There a lot of good games from a lot of players, honestly, who who might matter or, or do matter going forward. Like I thought Wandale um in his limited touches was really good. I thought he maximized every catch he had. Slayton, who's still under contract next year and should not be cut. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That guy is, is a good player. He's a rock in that receiver room. Another good game from him, even though he got banged up. We'll see if he plays this week or not. Man, I was so – at the end of the game, I was so hyped because I was like, yo, they're, they are driving on us. We're up. What was it? Five points. They're going to score, and we're going to win, and I'm going to be happy because we played well with a lot of key pieces, and we still lost, and that's going to be the biggest positive of the year. Let's go. And then we freaking got as I Simmons pick six. Who might not even be here next season? Like that was that was a bummer. But yeah, um, before I got on here, I told you that I thought JMS had a down game. Um, not great, especially when it comes against guys who are not Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen. It came against Fidarian Fid- Mathis, and then uh, I thought the guards were dog shit. But like I said. Those guys would probably not be here long term, and Pew and Bredesen, and then Andrew Thomas was fantastic, but like he's Andrew Thomas playing against Scrubs, so it is what it is. And uh, I guess the takeaway for the most part is you got more proof of concept, with Brian Dayball. So it is what it is. Um, big time tank matchup for us this week. This it's a must lose, fellas. It's a must lose. We need we need Tank Commander Tommy to be out there. No two fifty and three this week. I'm a big Belichick guy this week. You know. We're going to confuse Tommy DeVito. We're going to make his life hell. Let's go. Let's go, Patriots. Isn't Belichick way too – like, I don't know. Is he is he this cooked? Can, how are the Patriots three-point favorites in this game? They're terrible. I mean, dude. The Giants' defense is good. 
The Gi- I don't care what anybody says. The Giants' defense is good. And by the way, this over-under is 33.5. The Giants' defense is good, and the, and the Giants have the most skilled offensive player. How the hell are the Patriots three-point road favorites? And I, Belichick see, appears to be smarter than Dable when it comes to... I have to trust Dable. Belichick knows that they need a quarterback. Which apparently I mean, Dable doesn't know. I think... I think Dable knows, honestly. Like, like if I had to, if I had to think what happens like, when he gets put on truth serum or something, like I think he knows when he's a quarterback. What do you think the odds are that Brian Dable has had a conversation with the team about if we go nine and eight, we could make the playoffs? <laughs> um, <laughs> like I think that's something you have to say as a head coach, which is fine. What's what's funny is that in the post game he he was talking to them as they were you know coming off of a, a, their third victory in eleven games, and he was like, "Make no mistake about it, we're a good football team." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, Brian, make him believe that. Yeah, <laughs> make, make make him believe that, bro. Yeah." But yeah. I think he believe it. He he does not believe that. I I don't think he believes that. I think. I think he he does a great job of acting. I think I think Hollywood might be in the future, but like I don't think he believes that. And then um, another thing that was going through my head was Joe Shane looking at you know everybody after the game. He probably just like, you guys, man, can't you can't let me have an easy off season. You can't let me have a good pick. You got to make my job, my life hard. You got to make my job miserable. I would be I'd be so pissed if I was Joe Shane. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.